0: Good afternoon planet earth it's your good friend Dan here in Utah the time is almost 6pm mountain standard time but you know it could be any time where you are it could be next week you could be an alien scouring the universe for lost tech and you found my motherfucking SD card in a landfill you found all the body dumps You saw how the human's clump descended. You wept over the lost consciousness of beings you'd never know. And then you found my motherfucking flashcard, and now you're playing it back to learn the Rosetta Stone, to build the super tech that will take you to the next level motherfucker. That's right. That's right, you might be listening to me on Earth... But I could be in a spaceship, deep in the data bank. You're hearing the echoes of an old dead hobo. Your whispers through time. These are whispers through time. Or, you know, maybe not, right? But it is March the 30th, 2023, Bo Blimp April's almost here. April Fool's Day, right around the fucking corner. You going to trick someone? You going to give them a heart attack? You going to scare the fuck out of them? What are you going to do for April Fool's Day? The first subject refers to the format of this podcast. Um, I sent out an email a few weeks ago telling people, as I've been talking about almost since Bob Blimpdoc began, how I was trying to redo the format. And honestly, folks, I, I keep circling back to the simple reality that as much as we want to completely ignore the quote-unquote news, it's almost impossible. So articles, articles, news articles, purportedly artifacts of journalistic curiosity, they end up in the podcast. Now, I'm trying to select for articles that deal with things that are, on the one hand, shocking, but on the other hand, quite banal. So I'm really trying to askew anything about the Ukraine. I don't give a fuck what your position is on the Ukraine. As of right now, it's either a good old fashioned wag the dog bullshit war, or it could be 100% PSYOP bullshit. And I have no idea which. Is it serving the purpose for money laundering? Who the fuck knows? I know that it's keeping this rinky dink global, global austerity going. It's keeping it going. This, this rigid, let's treat the whole fucking planet like it's Greece in 2010. It's keeping that shit going. But, you know, you tell me why. You tell me why they're doing what they're doing and send me a fucking email and we can talk about it. But other than that, the Ukraine war looks like bullshit, just like the COVID monkey herpes, just like a lot of the other nonsense that is getting people's attention right now. Every other fucking, it's not even day, every hour now I see some posting about a, a, a drag queen story show, horror show, and I have to call bullshit on that. And yeah, every other day now we learn about some train dumping chemicals or plant exploding, but is it the truth? Who knows? We are in the midst of a decaying neo-Stalinist pillhead commie empire, and pillhead neo-Stalinist commie empires fall apart in unpredictable ways. And unlike the Soviet Union, we've reached quite a peak. There's a lot of distance between here and the ground. The Soviet Union might have been at about 10,000 feet. (laughs) That sucks. You're probably going to get hurt. We're about a million miles up, brothers and sisters. You tell me what the fuck happens when this train wreck unravels. I don't know. I just know best case scenario, it's going to be one of the ugliest economic and social disasters in human history and there's no avoiding it. There are going to be consequences. This idea that some magical digital currency and the reset and and other types of of New World Order bullshittery are going to fix it is so absurd. It's so absurd the people who run the world know, know it's absurd. They went to their bunkers for the most part in 2019. If they're doing anything, they're eating their fucking popcorn and laughing at us. They're laughing at the motherfuckers who think that someone's going to come and pick them up and take them to a FEMA camp. They're laughing at the people who are worried about the government breaking down their door and taking all their AR-15s. They're laughing about the 87,000 IRS agents. They're laughing about the billions of, they bought billions of 40 caliber hollow point. You know what I think they've been doing, brothers and sisters, for the most part for the last decade or so? They've been stockpiling food. If you haven't noticed, if you haven't had that weird experience with the tortilla chip, it tastes like a cornflake flavor experience, yeah, they've been stockpiling food. They won't admit it. They won't tell the truth about it. And it's not going to be gradual. There are going to be no indications. They did that toilet paper coin shortage bullshit on purpose. It's a traditional fucking, you know, the boy who cried wolf scenario. If they give you a bullshit toilet paper shortage and a bullshit coin shortage, then you're probably going to wait a couple weeks before you worry about the fact that there's no food at the grocery store. Anywho, back to format. I'm taking all your input and I'm going to try to get the format as straight as I can possibly get it. Um, I, I want to get it so that people enjoy the show. Do I actually sincerely believe than anything I would do at this point, even if I had more money, would make much of a difference. Well, the thing that would make the biggest difference is, is you know, would be the following: if I told the largest profitable, profitable, the largest income, high-income demographic, every little sordid kind of bullshit they want to hear. If I told you, you can vote for Trump in 2024, and you can fix it all, and everything's gonna go back to normal. If I told thee, you can buy Bitcoin, and live on the Death Star, yeah, Vader doesn't care, buy some Bitcoin, and you can pretend. You play pretend. You can LARP Liberty on the Death Star. It'll be great. I can play pretend and talk about how we're going to orbit people around the moon next year. It, to me, if you want to talk about giant flashing signs that tell you when the fuck the show is over, to me that's one of them. Because whereas I think it was relatively easy to fake the moon landing, given the technological sophistication of the ordinary person in the year 1968 and 69, respectively, Bob Blimpdoc, I don't think it's so fucking easy today. I think there are way more savvy people today with really good telescopes. So the idea, and radios, by the way, and the idea you're going to fake it, that people will accept the fake, no. So I kind of think when they tell us that they're orbiting the moon next year, yeah, you better get your shopping done early, baby. If we're going back to the moon next year, you better take care of your lover. You better tell him how much you love him. Tell her you love her. Tell her in bed. Wake her up, tell her, shake her. Say, baby, it's early in the morning, I'm gonna make you breakfast and it will be chocolate pancakes and I love you. Yeah, anyways, I'm going to work on the format. Next topic is obviously going to be a quote from Dr. Freckles. Probably. Hell, H-E double toothpicks, hell might be full. But Scompton has still got space, Dr. Freckles. What does that mean? Well, we've talked about Scompton and what Scompton is. Scompton is really just one of these sub Uh, neologisms related to Boblimpdok, and Boblimpdok is just another way of saying the Great Discontinuity, which is something I talked about in November of 2019. I just don't give a fuck about explaining it any longer, okay? I call it Boblimpdok because it connects on some deep, sort of fuzzy, almost illogical level to tickle that part of your brain that is still capable of sifting some kind of information out of the great data muck. Anywho, Scompton is a place in your heart. You live in Scompton. Scompton's also kind of a crappy place. And you really don't want to be there. And it's filled with gangs and poverty and empty grocery stores. Scompton is filled with lots of people that have cancer and water you can't drink. Scompton doesn't get deliveries of gasoline every day, not even every week. Sometimes once a month you get some diesel and gasoline in Scompton. Scompton is one giant gun-free zone. That's why everybody in Scompton owns a gun. (laughs) Yeah, Scompton could be everywhere before the end. I don't know, folks. Scompton's going to seem nice by comparison. Um, Hell. Hell could be full. I don't know. You know, there have been billions of people born since the beginning of the human race. If you Believe what you're told if Homo sapiens, as we understand it, came into existence between 200 and 500,000 years ago, and then we immediately started raping and killing Neanderthal, yeah. You can believe that story, and in that story there have been billions of people, maybe hundreds and hundreds of billions of people since the beginning, um... So maybe hell is full. I don't know. I don't think hell is full. But if hell is full, Scompton still has room. Scompton is like one of those ghost cities in China. It doesn't have anybody in there yet. But soon enough, people will be filling up Scompton. And, and the good news is you won't have to move anywhere because Scompton, you'll find out, is right down the fucking street. It's right where you used to Make fun of the people who bought the house near where the road is, where the hookers are. Guess what, bros and hoes? Uh, Hooker realm is expanding. Scompton is next to that, you know, nasty little home that you joked about. Oh, I feel sorry for them. No, 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 dear. You need to start feeling sorry for your own fucking self. That's where Scompton is. I lived in Scompton. I lived in Dayton, Ohio once. I lived on the street in Dayton. You could buy a house on this street a few years ago for under $20,000, and it wasn't a tiny house. Now, you'd say, How do I buy a home in the United States of America a few years ago for less than 20 grand? And the key is, you've got to live in fucking Scompton. Okay? You know, it might be Indianapolis on Washington Street, it might be Dayton, Ohio. It might be South Chicago. Who the fuck knows, right? Nobody knows any longer. It could be, you know, different parts of Michigan, different parts of Detroit. It could be Staten Island, various parts of greater Atlanta. Anyways, hell might be full, but Scompton is open for business. Next topic. I did a religious service yesterday, and um, I made a few mistakes. Most specifically, not on purpose, because I do these things kind of a mixture between an outline and, and impromptu, but inadvertently, I mixed up the names of Isaac and Jacob at one point, and then I mixed up the names of Abraham and Isaac at one point, and um, and I'm not asking for you to forgive me or not forgive me. I'm trying to point this out because it's just something that can happen, you know, no matter what your age is. And if I'm being honest, since the injury, which maybe give you an injury update, my left arm is getting better. Um, it, it still seems like I'm a few months away from it being normal in some sense again. But it's getting better. You know, I do the physical therapy I can do. Hopefully, I'll be doing some more intense physical therapy in a few weeks and, you know, it'll get better. But um, for the most part, since my surgery, I haven't been able to sleep very well. And it's only been in the last week or so that I've been able to catch up on some of that sleep. Um, The sleep is going better. It's not great, but it's getting better. The thing about sleep deprivation, and I learned this a long time ago, is it will fuck with you in ways that alcohol or drugs, or any kind of other thing like nicotine, whatever. If you don't get enough sleep, you will lose your mind. And actually, it's very bad for your health. You know, I've been fairly religious most of my adult life about getting my 8 hours. You know, 8 to 12 hours. I'm okay sleeping 12 hours, okay? If, if I have a job where I can wake up and log on to a computer and work and then do what I gotta do and I can get 12 hours of sleep, you may think that's crazy. I kind of think that's healthier than many of the other ways that people are living today. Now, you don't want to sleep too much, um, and sometimes if you sleep too much, it's a, it's a uh, symptom of depression. But I don't have to tell you folks. I mean, my humerus was split in two a few months ago. I'm getting better. If you want me to tell you that it's a linear, simple process from having your arm broken like that to being well, it's not. Like most most things in the real world. It's not remotely fucking linear baby but I made I made some mistakes I pointed those out in my notes as far as I'm concerned I'm gonna move on I just wanted to just let you know I was aware of it um, I respect the role we have as disciples of Christ. I take it seriously. And I take it seriously enough that when I do make a mistake, I want you to know about it. Um, And if you find other mistakes, you can email me and say, Dan, you made this mistake. That's okay. I think it should be like that. I mean, I think that's part of what Bible study is, is keeping each other keen and sharp on the word of the Lord. So next topic. Next topic. Oh boy, I love this one. I love this one because it kind of cuts to the heart of one of these issues I'm wrestling with. And once again, it's our good friend Dr. Freckles giving us a little nugget of wisdom. Here's a quote from Dr. F. If my worst case turns out to be true, saying I told you so would be pointless and cruel. What does that mean? If my worst case, worst case scenario turns out to be true saying i told you so would be pointless and cruel i i've been trying not to talk about it much because i'll talk about the best case scenario which brothers and sisters the best case at this point is going to be fucking ugly and and a lot of people are grasping onto robots and artificial intelligence and the reset because they're frankly scared of something way fucking worse and that is mass shortages no food so people are clinging on to this idea that these elite are technological super demons and that they're going to just be able to give you any kind of cricket protein you want I don't know. Have you been paying fucking attention to the trucks the last decade or so to their windshield, you know, between, let's say, May and September? Have you? I have. I'm not crazy. When I was a kid, that truck windshield would be caked with bugs. Bugs for five months straight. You'd be chiseling them off with a fucking jackhammer. And by the way, No matter what time of year it was, if you walked into the forests of the Cascades when I was a kid, they were noisy. There was life going on. You heard all kinds of life every fucking month of the fucking year. Do you know what's happened in the last decade? A lot of those trucks don't have a lot of insects on the fucking windshield. And you walk into those fucking forests and they are quiet as fuck. Now does this mean I believe in Greta Thunberg? No. I'm smart enough to ignore a fool. Are you? You don't want to know what my worst-case scenario is. Most of you don't. I think, and we'll get to this topic in a bit, I think I understand in part how it's working for a lot of folks, but you just don't want to know. But what I will say, what I think is absolutely the case, and I had this sort of, not a premonition, but this intuition a decade ago when I was living in Indianapolis, you know, really about nine years ago. I don't want to be there. I don't want to be around people and hold their fucking hands because they were unwilling to ask deeper questions and start that Kubler-Ross process. I'm not interested in that job, okay? I'm not sure anybody can do do that job. I've mentioned a book by Kuhn, that's K-U-H-N, called The Structure of Scientific Revolutions. And in that book, The Structure of Scientific Revolutions, Kuhn coins the term paradigm shift. And one of the things that Kuhn studied is what people do on a population scale or even a subgroup scale. Because sometimes it's not a paradigm shift for everybody. Sometimes it's just, you know... Isaac Newton and Leibniz saying, look what we did with mathematics. We figured out calculus. We can take a derivative. We can tell you the rate of change of change of change so you can build better artillery, motherfucker. Sometimes the paradigm shift happens within a small community. And for most human beings, you wouldn't even fucking notice it even happened. And then sometimes a paradigm shift hits an entire population. A good example would be the Reformation. The idea, the simple idea, that to be a Christian, you don't need a motherfucking Pope. You don't, you don't. There's nothing in the Bible that says you need a Vatican, that you need a Pope, that you need the zombie version of the Roman Empire. Nothing in there that says you need that. You don't need to take pagan holidays and turn them into Christian holidays. None of that's necessary. Period. It's not in the New Testament. It's not in the Old Testament. Is it the case that Jesus chooses some of his disciples to carry on the church? Yeah, because Jesus was super smart. But does that mean that Jesus, by picking a disciple, said, you know, we're going to build some type of imperial religion that will impact Western Europe for more than a thousand years? No, 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 no. The Reformation was a huge paradigm shift. It it, it was a paradigm shift more than anything else. Yes, it was a revolution. Yes, it caused several wars to include the Thirty Years' War. And some would argue that that was the last religious war and ended in 1648. And by the way, do you know who those motherfuckers didn't invite to the peace conference? The motherfucking Pope. Because they wanted peace and not more Roman bullshit. Sometimes a paradigm shift is very narrow. Sometimes it impacts a whole population. Sometimes it's just an idea, and sometimes it's more than an idea. it's a consequence. It's a reality. It's something you have to confront. It's the Mayans supposedly dealing with their agricultural situation a thousand years ago or more. Um, it's the people of Easter Island. You know, it's the the Mycenaean people. Sometimes a way of life reaches a dead end, and for whatever reason, that way of life is over. And some people can confront that and make changes. And some people can't. So if this is Boblimpdok, which really doesn't tell you anything yet. Most Americans, the citizens of Rome, haven't really sensed what Boblimtok is quite yet. I was there when Chaz, yeah, Chaz Chopia, BLM Antifa is 100% government bullshit. You haven't seen anything yet. And when the thing you see is so shocking that you'll say to yourself, I've seen it now, Dan, I'll, I'll tell you something. The system will do everything it can to keep other people from knowing. It'll shut down networks, it'll shut down TV feeds, it'll jam radio signals. When things really do start falling apart and you actually start seeing more of that concertina wire I talked about, you know, the razor wire, that's another indication. You want to know how close you are? Check, check for, for triple-strand concertina. When you start seeing a lot of that, then you're pretty much, you know, you're close to the end which again, who knows. But what I do know is this, telling people I told you so is fruitless. It is. It does nothing. It simply makes people more sad and angry. People who will have to go through their stages of grieving and they won't have a decade like I did. And by the way, based upon my experiences with GoDaddy a year ago, I'm still not there yet. And I've had a decade to process most of this bullshit. A lot of you folks who were unaware a decade ago that this was about a decade away, hey, you're going to be going through your stages probably on the day of. And if you don't keep your head, it won't matter how much ammo or food or emergency medical kits you have in your basement. You will be dead. But again, brothers and sisters, towards the, towards the beginning of this shift, as it's happening, people will become crazy. Another thing Kuhn talks about is the emergence of very irrational, conflictive behavior. It's not that crazy, though, when you think about it. People don't want to lose what they have. They don't. Why would you? I don't, you know, if I had a fancy home in a fancy city and some motherfucker told me that the value of any home is is the likelihood that you're able to get food and clean water, I wouldn't want to listen to that shit. Food and clean water, we're promised that, right? That's what my econ professor told me. We get that for free. I told you so isn't going to help me at that point and isn't going to help the person, who has no food or has to recognize that they're gonna pack up their shit and they're gonna leave their home behind in whatever commie hell hole is is emerging and if they want a chance in hell to survive that's exactly what they're gonna have to do. Leave their home behind, leave their shit behind, they might not even be able to drive out of the fucking city. You know, it's one of the reasons why I've suggested to people, as crazy as it sounds, get yourself some fucking kayaks. Recreational kayaks, because the roads out of a lot of places will simply be impassable. You know? Try getting out of Seattle if all the crazy motherfuckers who did nothing to think about the future, who assumed that water and food were human rights, try to tell those motherfuckers on that day to keep calm. They're not going to keep calm. They're going to load into their 1995 Volvos, and they're going to pack I-90 going east and it'll just come to a standstill. You're not going to get anywhere in a car once shit really starts falling apart. I told you so? No. And, and let me just finish the topic by saying this. It's kind of cruel, yeah, but it's also not a Christian thing to do. I don't think the Lord wants us to do that. If we, if we are supposed to help people, fine. Give people warning. But once it happens, I told you so does nothing. What you can do is simply be willing to listen. What I'm telling you is I don't have to worry about it because once that starts really happening, nobody's cell phones are going to work. And so a lot of the people who would call me up and say, Dan, can you talk to me about this? I don't have to listen to them. They won't be able to reach me. Next topic. So here's another quote from Dr. Freckles, bros and hoes. Here's another fucking quote from Dr. fucking Freckles. The black market doesn't complain. The black market doesn't whine and complain. The black market doesn't say, Why aren't you coming to... The Chevron Station at midnight on Thursday. Yeah, the black market doesn't complain. There's your quote from Dr. Freckles. What does that mean? Well, ever since about 10 years ago, I attended this um, meetup in Seattle that dealt with Bitcoin. I've suspected, under the surface of the blockchain, Bitcoin, crypto world, that there's a lot of smoke and mirrors bullshit. And, and I don't need to get into that. The great news about being where we're at in BoblimpDoc is like the I told you so thing, just leave the crypto people alone. They're going to learn soon enough, the ones that don't have their crypto converted to gold and cash already, they're gonna learn soon enough, soon enough that they got fucked. and And it was partially the hubris of a bunch of millennials who thought they were going to get rich quick and it was partially the simple fact that crypto enabled a lot of grifting. A lot of grifting. I saw some of it myself very briefly in very small fractions. But I saw enough of it to know that that entire world is not for me. But here's the thing, folks. One of the things crypto people say, well, we're about privacy and we're about we're counter economics. So let's talk about what counter economics really is. It is the black market. Even if all you're doing is exchanging eggs, For somebody to fix your your CB radio. That is the black market. It is outside the system. You're not paying taxes on it. And God bless. But do you know what the black market doesn't do? I've never seen it do. It's never done to me. I went and bought my weed uh, near the fucking Jack in a Box off of University Avenue and 50th when I needed to. Do you know what it never did there in the U District of Seattle? It never fucking complained. I don't know why people aren't into crypto, people are stupid, (laughs) that gold person's a (laughs) fud, people don't understand the technology, that's why, (laughs) let's get away from the fact that if you sold a VCR in 1978 with that fucking attitude, oh you're too fucking stupid, you won't get it, guess what, you're not selling a lot of fucking VCRs, but separate from this, we're talking about the black market, People don't complain. They get their fucking business done. They keep a fucking low profile. They don't get connected to, to fucking superhero superstars like football players, actresses, actors. Uh, no, they don't. They don't have a porn star coin, you shithead. And black markets don't fucking complain. Get that through your fucking thick skull. Mr. and Mrs. Blockchain, Mr. and Mrs. Complainer. It doesn't complain. The more you complain, the more you're telling me that it is not accidental that you guys embrace know-your-customer Department of Homeland Security bullshit. I know this. I've tried to use your bullshit. I have to go through probably more security checks than setting up a fucking banking account across the goddamn street at the credit union. But the credit union doesn't complain. Okay? The black market doesn't complain. People, for the most part, aren't complainers. But the crypto blockchain world is filled with complainers. And if you really, really want to change things for yourselves, I don't think there's any time. I don't think there's any likelihood. But let's play pretend for a second. And let's say you actually had a useful product that spoke for itself like the VCR. Okay, The VCR didn't really need a spokesperson. You could watch a fucking movie at home, dumb shit. But let's say you have that kind of product. Stop complaining. Sell the product. Make it work. Convince people to get outside the system that way. Don't bend over backwards and let the SEC or the Fed or any of these motherfuckers in the government Fuck you up the butt. Don't do that. Don't make special agreements with J.P. Morgan and Goldman Sachs. And stop fucking complaining. Next topic. Yeah, fucking motherfucking crypto people just complain, complain, complain about how brilliant their ideas are and why nobody wants to get involved. And all I'm telling you is, listen, stop fucking complaining. That's going to change things overnight. Will it fix your product? No. But if you stop complaining, you won't look like panicking little bitches. And I'll tell you something, brothers and sisters, I don't care how wise or smart the average person is. Once you start looking like you're panicking, nobody's going to buy shit from you. I mean, especially if you're just, let's just pretend if you're a grifter. You're a con artist. Show me a con artist that does well by freaking out. They don't. So you guys aren't even playing the grifter role that well, really. Stop complaining. Next topic, the debt ceiling. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, and I'll tell you why. It, it fits into the category of the Sturman drawn news that I have been talking about, wanting to avoid. None of us can do anything about. Would I prefer if the people in charge were more honest? Yeah. I'd prefer that they would just come out and say, the system is so broken that there is nothing we can do but keep raising the debt ceiling until it explodes. There's going to be no rolling it back. There's going to be no cutting the government budget and whatnot. Any of those things would also crash the system. I wish they would come out and be that fucking honest. They won't. They won't. They know that it would scare the fuck out of average Mr. and Mrs. America to know that the unfunded liabilities for the next 50 years are somewhere between $300 trillion and maybe up to a quadrillion. And at the current GDP, which is mostly printed money, none of that ever gets paid for. None of the interest ever gets paid for. One of the reasons why Powell is being so, how can I put this, so not like Volcker when it comes to raising rates, because Volcker would be at 17% already, brothers and sisters. The reason why he's not doing that is that not only would that crash the markets, uh, that would more or less crash the U.S. government overnight. It's not going to happen. The Fed is one of the biggest holders of U.S. debt. It's not going to fucking happen. They're not going to want to roll over treasuries, which are already reaching a point where we just can't really pay for our debt. They're not going to want to roll over that debt into stuff that's going to actually cost more. Higher interest rate burdens? No, 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 brothers and sisters. Powell is chasing inflation for the same reason they have to raise the debt ceiling. They have to do all this because the game is over. They're not going to save the Titanic. They're not going to bring the space shuttle back alive. They're not going to fix any of the problems at all. All they can do is mitigate some of the side effects and that's it. That's it. Until it stops working. Now some people say, "Well, Dan, Wouldn't some brilliant person with a super technology come along and change the production possibility frontier according to macroeconomics and thereby raise the GDP threshold and thereby we could pay it all down magically home? Show me that fusion starship, motherfucker. It sure as shit ain't chat GPT, okay? It's not the random AI slut brigade that's being released right now. Show me that magical fucking technology that's going to so impact GDP that will pay for all this rat- wretched, rancid shit. Never going to fucking happen. And brothers and sisters, I'm pretty certain that the people who put this plan together, and it was probably under Nixon when all this was put together, they knew that it, it wasn't going to last They knew that the crappy food, credit card, debt, 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 blow people up if you don't use the petrodollar solution had a fucking shelf life. And eventually, one of the groups... You know, to include offloading inflation to China, opening China to offload inflation, one of those groups would be upset. It would either be the Chinese people being pissed off about being given worthless paper, or the numerous countries we blow up because they don't want to sell their oil in dollars. At some point, it was going to fall apart. And, and the current perspective for some people well, this is why they're going to introduce us digital, central. No, brothers and sisters, Powell has a helicopter on hot standby. Pal's going to his safe zone, probably in Antarctica, 30 minutes after he knows the game is over. You'll find out three or four weeks later because you live through the toilet paper shortage, so you're certainly, the food shortage is also fake. It'll take you a while, Mr. and Mrs. Dinosaur, to figure out that the asteroid hit, but Pal will be out of fucking town, out of reach, offline, weeks before that. The debt ceiling thing only ends one way, and that is other countries, creditors, other people recognize that the United States is never going to pay them back. And at that point, the price of, you know, let's say a gallon of gasoline, huh, maybe 60 bucks a gallon, maybe a hundred bucks a gallon, maybe diesel is 150 a gallon, maybe a dozen eggs is a hundred bucks. Imagine 10 bucks an egg, maybe 120 bucks, right? And oh, but damn, that's crazy, is it? Well, how about I go even crazier? Imagine having that proverbial uh, Weimar, Germany fucking wheelbarrow full of money. But here's the difference there is no fucking bread, there is no eggs, there is no gasoline, there is no diesel, there's no meat there's no nothing. You could have a credit card that has a $10 billion limit and there ain't shit you're going to be able to buy. Yeah. Like I said, though, no convincing people and also telling people I told you so uh, once this stuff starts happening. Yeah, that's not going to be great either. Next topic. Oh. So this one is, is... It's simply named, I'm So Ready for Zardoz Head. I'm so ready for Zardoz Head. I wish the great Zardoz Head would come floating over this country already and vomit forth the machine guns and grenades and ammo. I wish the great Zardoz Head would visit every major city and vomit forth howitzers and various types of, you know, Recoilless rifles and mortars and mortar rounds and concertina wire, bouncing Betties, Claymore mines. Come on, where are you, Zardoz Head? Come forth, Zardoz Head. You made a promise. We told you we'd clean things up. You made a promise. We would not, you know, shoot our semen. We would shoot our gun. Yes, Zardoz head, when are you going to come, gentle Zardoz head? Yes, giant floating head, when will you come forth to our local town and vomit forth all those pistols? My woman, Darla, she went out last night. I followed her back to this place, this place where my brother lived. Come forth, Zardoz head. Give me a Colt 45. Come forth, Zardar's head. Give me an Uzi. I'll wake him up. Zardoz head that will tell you where I'm at these days that that entire rant just there about Zardoz head and where are you I mean we've been waiting for you we've been hoping you would fucking show up you made your promises as Sean Connery ran about in some shitty ass cod piece shooting his webley fucking revolver at whatever wretched creature was starving to death in the wasteland Zardoz head you told us you'd come forth, Zardoz head, with all your lightning bolts and your power and your laser beam eyes. You tell us you'd give us free cable, Zardoz's head. You said you'd, you'd, you'd turn up Cinemax again and give us that Friday night I had back in 1985, Bo Blimpdock After Dark, Zardoz head. Cinemax, you promised me. And now comes forth the, the Begumbiating. And Sean Connery... I mean, he's, isn't he dead now? Is he dead? I'd have to say that of all the outfits Sean Connery wore over the years to include in the Bond films, his Zardoz Zed outfit, man, I don't know. It's pretty cool, though. Next topic. A side effect of poor engineering. Let, let me say that again. A side effect of evil is poor engineering. A side effect of evil is poor, bad, shoddy engineering. Have you read Atlas Shrugged? At one point early in the book, um, and I think it's Dagny, Dagny Taggart, or one of the people that works for Dagny, is investigating this, uh, this copper mine. In Mexico, that they're going to end up sending the trains to to help out the poor Mexican people, and I think maybe even Francisco de Anconia might have visited that place too. But it was basically a shanty town; it was nothing. They had ripped everything off. There was nothing there. And I mention this because one of the things, one of the themes of Atlas Shrugged, is how darkness and really bad ethical behavior manifests as physical failure. How systems fall apart. It's like that train that was using an old-timey train engine in Atlas Shrugged, and they get to that they get to that tunnel. And the train breaks down the tunnel, but they keep that old-timey engine running, and the tunnel fills with CO2 and carbon monoxide. And hundreds of people die in that fucking tunnel in Atlas Shrugged. And why? Because they couldn't actually schedule their trains properly. They couldn't fix their trains. They couldn't order an engine and get it delivered. Their systems were falling apart. And in many ways, maybe every way, it was a result of people being shitheads. It wasn't about science or technology, it was about ethics. A side effect of evil is poor engineering. And I've seen it in software, brothers and sisters, I've seen it mostly in the last decade and a half, but I've seen it in software where basically really bad ethical behavior translates into terribly shitty systems. But the thing is, if you're at this point in the game, it doesn't fucking matter. It's like if somebody says, we have a better solution for something. We have a better solution. Imagine, imagine if a company came along and they actually had a quantum, entang- a quantum entanglement telecommunication system, which basically means a cell phone that can talk point-to-point anywhere in the world. It sounds crazy, but maybe one day that technology could be possible. If someone came along and had that technology today, and even if they could demonstrate it, I think the system would reject it. I think ordinary people would reject it. I think the government would tell you it gives you cancer, and ordinary people would believe it. Um, It doesn't matter at this point. If you have a good idea, Chances are no one will listen or it will be watered down by an ocean of really shitty ideas. You're not going to fix things at this point. I mean, if you enjoy the Atlas Shrug comparison to where we are at, we are, in terms of organizing America, exactly at the point in the story where shit starts falling apart. We are there. We have been there probably for at least 20 years, but we are definitely at Scompton now. We're all going to be at Scompton soon enough, but the core systems that run things, they're already operating out of Scompton. A side effect of evil is poor engineering. It really, really is. And there are innumerable examples I could use, both government and private sector. And I'm just not interested. I'm going to go to the next topic, okay? Um, I have a link to notes where there's a couple of documentaries that are about 20 years old now. They both deal with the Iraq War, the first Iraq War, Desert Storm. And they deal with depleted uranium. Um, People get pissed off when you talk about this. It's one of the reasons why I'm pretty certain we're being lied to. Um, no matter your position, whether you're one of these people, Dan, depleted uranium's perfectly sick. I put it on my toast every day. It's in my bones, but it's making my bones stronger. Or if you're one of these people that believes that they were poisoned by, to- by depleted uranium, either during the Gulf War or any of the conflicts since then where we've used depleted uranium to include Kosovo and Albania and obviously the the second war with Iraq and definitely Afghanistan. Um, I I think we're being lied to about the dangers of depleted uranium. When I was in the army, I remember it was really mixed messages. On the one hand, you would have a hazmat course on what to do with certain types of scenarios. You may not know this, but the showban armor that protects the M1 Abrams, guess what magical element it contains? Ding, 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 ding. Depleted uranium. And that same M1 fires a Sabo round that contains what? Ding, 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 depleted fucking uranium. And so when we got our little educational thing on depleted uranium when I was in the service, You were given the army perspective, which is don't worry about it. And then you would have a civilian hazmat person saying, if during training, one of these rounds is deformed or one of these rounds is spooled or one of these rounds ends up creating a cloud of dust, here's what you're supposed to do. The civilian people made it sound like depleted uranium was motherfucking dangerous. The army people is like, don't fucking worry about it. I don't know the truth brothers and sisters. I know that there were a lot of things I saw in the service that made me want to leave as soon as I could. Like I was gonna make it a career and then I saw enough to know no, no. I was naive, I was stupid. Um, anyways, you can, you can come to whatever opinions you want to about it. Me personally, I would not be surprised. There are enough examples in the open source literature that are public examples of Freedom of Information Act examples of what the government has done and how they've lied to the American people. And I and many people actually know people in our personal lives who've been put through this type of situation. I, I know people from the first Gulf War, who, are, who basically were put through the ringer and told they were crazy, told they were stupid. And I have other examples. And I'm sure there are people listening who have examples of where the government fucks somebody. And then they basically wait 20 or 30 years to tell the truth. You know why they wait three or four decades to tell the motherfucking truth? Because that by that time, enough people are dead. They started telling the truth about Operation Crossroads and the experiments on naval and marine and other personnel at Crossroads just after the Second World War. They started telling the truth about Crossroads I think in the 1990s. Yeah, great. For those people that were exposed to radioactive material, they're either dead or dying. That's not a very that's a smaller lawsuit, isn't it really? And I'm sure they'll tell the truth about Fukushima, 2011, assuming there's still a system. They'll tell the truth about that aircraft carrier that our good friend Barack Obama ordered into a fallout zone. They'll tell the truth about that if there's still a system in 20 or 30 years. Again, once enough people are fucking dead. That's my feelings about depleted uranium. Is it toxic? Is it not toxic? Our government has a history of doing these types of sociopathic things. So why wouldn't you believe it's toxic? I don't know. Next topic. If you can tell by the tone of my voice, I've been in kind of a weird place. Um, I've kind of felt like I've been losing my mind. And you know, when Boblimp started, when the monkey herpes started, when they told us to flatten the curve in two weeks, I started feeling like then, in March of 2020, that I was losing my mind. I'd get on the bus and see people wearing those, you know, fucking coffee filters, the ones I bought at Walmart. I also don't know if I care. You know, I screwed up a podcast yesterday. I mixed up some names in the Bible. I couldn't stop thinking about it, especially given I was reading James just before, and he admonishes us to be cautious in seeking the role of teacher. And here I am, bolo, shithead, fuck up, screw up teacher. Jesus is not happy with me. I wonder about trying to make money, but I don't know if I care. I mean, I want money. I just don't know if I want to do the crooked hooker things I got to do to get it. Been watching this old show that hadn't been available in a while online. Not for a long time. I hadn't watched it since I was a kid in the 70s. I watched it on TV. And it looks like they've digitally remastered it. Editing the background to add in some geoengineering spraying. As if the clouds it might have shown, the ones from my youth, would be too fucking shocking to see. So better to hide all this forever, right, motherfucker? I could use a hooker and take a trip to the movies with this slut We would share a large popcorn covered in butter and then slip off to the men's room to find that swift harmony of grease zone. She'd ease all over my pants as I left my mark on her shoes. And then we'd get chased off by the theater manager. And then what? Me and my hooker would rob the drugstore. I don't know. I was a scrub racer once, I was a jaundice owl and a hairdresser and the last of the three-armed shimblees. I could wrestle crocodile I could wrestle crocodile, I could wrestle crocodile and snort coke and find love on the edge. I lived in a box outside of town where the noodle people eat their ramen and then vomit up their rat slurry to sell the weirdos from Paris. They can eat their own flesh to soften the blow from heaven. I don't know. I don't know if I care. I wonder though. I wonder about my madness and whether it's a superpower. Maybe my insane rage will be my ticket to fame. I'll grow an army of dingus freaks, and we'll wear leather and steel and hunt the squirrel and live off a old time hooker soup We would be huge if I was that person if I had my dingus army we would be huge and unstoppable if I cared. My madness is my laser-beam love. I can sky-glide in raspberry make-believe while Gertie and Bertie fondle the ruckus prints in my study. We will have musket parties and drink spiced rum from some trendy blender. Our silk-hide servants will grow Stygian grub for our pies. Sometimes I stare at the holes between the holes. You ever do that? I see the fragmentary alliance between disarray and entropy and their queer love pack. The particle streams reverse themselves and Ron Jeremy starts selling enhancers late at night on channel 26.5. Your Mexican lover is none other than Rolanda. Your Mexican lover is none other than Rolanda. Rolanda, Rolanda, Oshanda, she's your lover now, fall-in-law. I knew this guy from Sheffield in the UK. He was a triple toker and a gasoline smoker. He had an MG and would drive real fast. His girlfriend was named JC, and she had red hair and a pale, pimply skin. But he was sane. The one from Sheffield. What a blessing. If you like this podcast, and as I drink my cocoa coffee, I can't possibly understand why, but if you like this podcast and you want to support this podcast, listen to the disclaimer. Have you taken care of your food, your water, your shelter? You need to take care of those things first. Have you taken care of the people you love in your life? The people you know around you? I don't mean social media. I don't mean Twitter. I don't mean motherfucking Facebook or TikTok. The people right next door, your family, your friends. Have you done it? Do you have some food on hand? You don't have to have a year's worth. Honestly, you could have a hundred years worth, and I'm not sure it would make a difference. But you should have a few months on hand to give yourself a little bit more time for sanity. If you do, make sure you take care of your pets. Make sure you take care of your dog. Your dog will die for you when the cannibals come for you. When the freaks and the deeks and the dringus folk and the chud come to eat your flesh, your dog will protect you. So please, when you're thinking about prepping for your family, remember your family's best friend. But if you've taken care of your food, your water, your shelter, your hooker wife, if you have a pile of cocaine and two thousand tons of chili and you have enough dog food for all your dogs for at least a thousand years and you still have money left over and you want to donate to my podcast even though i made fun of your blockchain and your crypto (laughs) fat chance but if you do want to donate there'll be a link to paypal it is the only way i can get money right now and frankly i'm not sure how much longer that's going to last I mean, I don't mean in terms of the big show. I mean that it's possible that they shut down people like me completely from getting money. Uh, You know, in the not-too-distant future. If that happens, it happens. I'll let you know. There were some rumblings of that a few months ago. But, um... And interestingly enough, that kind of triggered the events that led to me breaking my arm. But that being said, bros and hoes, if you want to donate, there's a PayPal link. While supplies last. You know, I I need to pay rent next month, and I don't have my rent money yet. So if you want to donate, I can pay rent money for April. I don't get kicked out of the basement. I don't have to move into the mountains and hunt coyote. Also, though, make sure you take care of yourself. So that's if you have the money. I'll figure out a way. I always do. These aren't easy times. For your good friend Dan, here in Scompton, Utah... Not too far from Grinkentown, just down the road from Bob Jimbulus. In the shadow of the Uinta Mountains where the Wookiee people watch with jealousy and hunger and thirst, bloodthirst. It's almost 7 p.m., Mountain Standard Time, here in Scompton, Utah. It's Thursday, tomorrow's Friday tomorrow's the end of the week. Maybe it is for you. Go enjoy yourself. Find, you know, fall in love. Have a nice dinner. Go to that new whiskey bar. Go have some of that scotch that requires that essentially purified, distilled motherfucking water. You add a drop to it to release the flavors. You tell yourself that, but all you want to do is get drunk and have a great rest of your Thursday.